Welcome to Improv Beat by Beat. I'm Curtis Rutherford. I interviewed a whole bunch of different improvisers and then edited together chunks of those interviews to investigate different aspects of improv, one piece at a time. This is episode 20. Why do you do improv? First off, sorry about the delay in episodes. Uh, This was a really busy summer and I just didn't have as much time to edit together episodes. So sorry about that. I'm going to try to keep to one or two episodes a month from here on out, but things sometimes come up. Sorry. Now, this episode, I love improv, but I worry about it. I worry about the future of improv and I worry about my future with improv. It can easily take up every second of my time doing shows, practice, coaching teams, watching shows, teaching workshops, editing podcasts about improv. And at the end of the day, it can sometimes feel like I spent a lot of time getting better at the equivalent of just blowing smoke rings, allowing my art to dissipate into the air. I do improv because I love it, but I love a lot of things. So I check in with myself every once in a while to make sure I still want to do it. So far, the answer is, fuck yes. So I thought I'd ask a lot of the people I interviewed the same question. This was often one of the last questions I asked at the end of an interview, because I wanted to know from them, why do they decide to keep doing it? First up is Nicole Dressbell. Why do you continue to do improv? Oh my God, I don't know. (laughs) Um... I I fell in love with it when I was 19. Oh, maybe I was younger. Maybe I was 18 when I saw my first show in college. And then like was just a little improv nerd and then moved to New York and um, took a little bit of time off and then was like, oh, the thing I meant to be doing is improv because I was nerdy about it when there was like no reason to be nerdy about it. And then I've just been here for a decade in September. And I... I don't, I don't feel like, to myself, I don't feel like a traditional improv nerd because I was never really a comedy nerd. And I haven't always loved the same things that other people loved. But it's in my blood. And at this point in time, I can't tell if it's like genuine like destiny. It's what I'm meant to be doing. I can't not do it. Or if it's habit. So that's just me articulating why I groaned when you asked. Mm-hmm. Here is probably the more uh, accurate answer, which is I am an introvert, uh, by which I mean I'm one of those people who whines when energy gets taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I would define an introvert is like it, I'm not naturally lazy, but I do like I feel the suck of energy really right. easily. And the things in my life that I want to be doing are the things where I don't feel that suck because I feel like a give and take. I feel like, um, I guess it's a cycle, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of like a specific science cycle, but I'm not. But I feel like the interchange, the mm-hmm. exchange. I feel exchange, that's what I mean. Between like I'm giving energy, I'm getting it back. I'm giving energy, I'm getting it back. And I'm either leaving where I came in or more likely I'm leaving up. And that's my uh, experience of doing improv still, even now. is like I walk into a classroom and I most likely leave with more energy or more focus or more enthusiasm than when I walked in the room. The vast majority of times. There's a tiny handful of times that I can feel like I leave and I'm depleted. Most likely you leave and you just feel sated. 
and the things in my life that I feel like I should be doing are the things I feel that way. I don't know. Is that what all humans are? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, is that, did I just say a thing where people were like, yeah, duh. That's like I, why I we think, do things. I think that, I don't think, the reason I'm asking this question mm-hmm. um, is I think we fall into this thing without in without asking that question. Yeah. Is this something that actually adds to me? And yeah, I think all humans should be that, but I think we do fall into things that, oh, wait, I didn't realize it, but this relationship has been pulling at me and, and draining energy, mm-hmm. even though it should be something that gives me energy or at least leaves me at, at the same <laughs> level. Close to the same level. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's that I'm very conscious of the fact that it does that for me. Mm-hmm. And also like, broadens and expands me and brings people into my life. But also a big part of what I'm talking about is like teaching. Yeah. I don't know if I'd still be doing improv if I wasn't a teacher or a coach. Yeah. I might've burned out on the performance part of it. Uh, As incredible as Bucky is, I don't think I would have gotten to the point where I was still around to be on Bucky. I've also said before, like if I didn't end up on Bucky, it's not that Harold Knight would have been a wash, but it wouldn't have been a great use of my time. Yeah. Uh, I would have done it for too long and stopped getting things from it. I mean, that's also why do you show up on Friday nights? Because I still feel that way about Bucky. I'll leave Mm -hmm. with like more energy or at least the same amount or feeling like there's been an exchange of energy. But yeah, a big part of what I'm thinking about is teaching. And if I wasn't coaching and teaching, I don't know if I would have stayed hooked. Mm -hmm. Because I think I might have gotten what I wanted, which was like the people and like an understanding of my comedic voice. And then I might have been on to something that felt more professionally sustainable. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got. Oh my God. That's your last <laughs> question. The one where I acknowledge that improv is not professionally sustainable. I mean, that's true though. You can only do it for the love of it. Yeah. Yeah. The heart is what makes it good. It's the last shout out for Brandon Scott Jones. That was Nicole Dressbell. Now here's Kevin Hines. Why do you still do improv? I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe you're right. I should quit. All right. Good point. Good note. Good all right. Note, Curtis. I'm That's out. I'm done. This, this was an intervention. This Saturday will be my last show. Uh, <laughs> Curtis talked me into it. Well, it's fun is the easy answer. Mm-hmm. But also, like, when it comes to being creative with a team, it's such a different thing than being creative alone or with a partner. Uh, most of my other creative ventures I do alone. So I'm writing alone or, I don't know, it's writing alone or coming up with ideas alone or doing something alone. Once in a while, you write something with a couple people. Even if you're writing with a team, you're, you're mostly writing and people are pitching ideas onto it probably. But improv is the only thing where I create something and I'm only really creating one-fifth of it or one-sixth of it or, or most one-half or one-third. Like Even when I do shows with Will, I'm creating half those ideas, but... Not in a, like, we're writing something together, we've agreed we're going to write this. It's like, we, I, we did not agree on any of these ideas. We did not beforehand say, these are the scenes we're going to do. It's so much more creative and inspiring. I worry, like, if I stop doing improv, it, my writing will get worse. Mm-hmm. Just because I'll stop using this part of my brain that has to create so much, so fast, so easily, so quickly, and so believably. Uh, and that muscle is uh, was a tough one to build. I don't want to lose it. Uh, I think that's a part of it. The real answer is it's just fun. Yeah, it's, it's playing make believe. It's like why did I pretend to be a Hardy Boy uh, and solve mysteries in my backyard when I was a little kid? It was fun. I, and now I can do that on stage. Uh, it's I don't know. There's something great about it. I probably would enjoy it just as much if it wasn't comedy. If it was engaging, I don't know if I'm the actor for it, but. Uh, 
just getting up and performing with people, a seat of your pants like that, oh, it's just it's a blast. But I think the thing that it tugs at is that creation. Mm-hmm. I tell students a lot, like, and I don't tell students a lot, but one of the things I look for in some students is like being decisive and making decisions. Um, if you can't do that, and that speaks to a lot of the stuff I've talked about, but if you can't make decisions, your scene's not going that far. And there's a lot of parameters to what decisions you can make. Um, but when I do play-by-play, you've done play-by-play a couple of times, the thing I tell people when I email them about it is like, the only thing you can do wrong is to stop doing stuff. If people like stop editing, stop starting scenes, stop making moves, it's, I have nothing to talk about as a right. play-by-play commentator. And that's how I feel about all improv. It's like, the only thing you can do wrong is to stop. Just to be in a scene and be like, I'm not doing anything. My scene partner's doing it. Um, or like, there's enough stuff. Like, it's like, I don't know, you still have to make decisions. Even if that decision is like, I'm nervous. You've made a decision. Like, it doesn't have to be huge decisions, but just keep making choices. But yeah, that, it's just creating. You're constantly creating through the filter of the scene and the character and the form and the team um, and the ideas that are in that and the games. It's all through this filter, but you're creating constantly. It's like, oh, we're all destroying dresses. How am I going to destroy a dress? Okay, I'm going to throw blood all over it. Why did I choose blood when everyone else is burning it? And now I have to have a reason for that. I've got to create something else here. Uh, oh, they burn stuff because uh, for not to destroy the clothing for other reasons. So I couldn't be doing this to destroy the clothes. Why do I need to get rid of blood? Uh, I have too much blood on hand. I made that decision now. I'm, I have excess blood. I don't know what to do with it. Um, and that's just me making decisions. And yeah. It's so fun. Like, I didn't know I was going to be making that decision. I didn't know the scene was going to be about destroying dresses. And by the time I was just getting really dumping blood, I'm in a really weird character that I love and that I just found because uh, we created. So that's, that's it, Curtis. But I'll still quit. Good. That was Kevin Hines. And up next is Devin Ritchie. Why do you still do improv? I mean, I came here for, to do improv. Like, mm-hmm. I took an improv class my first day in New York City. Same. Yeah. I bought a one-way ticket to New York and was just like... Uh, dropped off at JFK, 8.30, was in class with Ari Vukidis at 3. That's great. So it was definitely like something like I came here to dive in to do. Yeah. Um, I knew I liked it, and I'm like, let me actually figure out the science behind it, get into it, figure out who myself is as a performer. And it took a while, but I'm like, is this something I even like anymore, or do I just keep doing it? And I took some time off of doing it, where like I only did kind of like what I was obligated to do, like the jams mm-hmm. for a minute, you know, and... It wasn't enough, you yeah. know? And, like, as I've been trying to, like, push myself as a writer, I'm like, I need improv. Like, just to, like, keep my fucking pipes warm, you yeah. know? And, like, this is, like, I feel like part, that part of my brain and the comedic part of my brain, it just, like, it's sitting in an attic getting dusty if I'm not constantly doing improv and writing. Yeah. You know, like, also if, like, there's a time where I'm, like, I'm not, like, working out too much. Like, it's a physical thing that I'm doing. Yeah. And suddenly I'm just, like, sweating. And I'm just, like, rolling around with people and doing that. And, like, instead of being a couch potato or whatever, I'm, like, I got up and was, like, having fun today and jumping around and doing, you know, it's a good thing for my mental health. That was Devin Ritchie. Now here's Achilles Stamadalaki. Why do you continue doing improv? For me, it's, it's, like... I like getting the laugh on, mm-hmm. on stage. I mean, it sounds so like dumb, but it, I yeah, I like getting a laugh because of something I did or said uh, mm-hmm. on stage, and that's very, very addictive, uh, and very 
yeah, it's just fun. I, I think that's the main thing. Yeah. And then secondary to that, I feel like it's I think that uh, helps me stay sharp with like my comedy mm-hmm. skills, like things that I need to be doing anyway. And then it's also like a nice way to to be like, yeah, just part of this place, you know. Yeah. That was Achilles. Now here's David Bloodband. I think improv made me a more confident writer in a lot of ways. I think I am way more comfortable sharing ideas because of improv. I think I'm also more comfortable with rejection and failure because of improv just in general because I am so used to getting zero reactions to things that like anytime I get reactions to anything, it's a treat. And then anytime... uh, like anytime something doesn't work, I think it's just par for the course. And yeah. I think that's a good work ethic to have. Because we fail like, on our feet constantly. We fail on our feet constantly and we're constantly judged and mocked even from working comedians who like do like yes. – or like, you know, stand-ups or like other people that don't do improv. So it's just like a thing of like – I I think improv teaches you, especially from working with like a couple of like you know not not specific writers, but like you know I've been like working with writers that have not so much improv experience or actors that don't have that much improv experience. The difference, the big difference that I notice is just the I, the willingness to let go of ideas and like just you know check not necessarily it's an ego thing, but to check the idea of like this is bigger than me. This concept, this show, this thing is bigger than me. I'm the, I, it's, only, it's only good as the sum of its parts. I am here to serve it. That was Blood Band. I definitely think that improv has made me a better comedian and artist. I know for a fact that learning game has made me a better comedy writer. And I know that learning to justify behavior on my feet has made me a better writer overall. Not everyone who does improv wants a career in comedy, but it can help with that. But it can also be a way of treading water rather than working on other professional projects. And it can be both. Anyway, here is Lily Do. Why do you still do improv? I mean, now I get to perform for like a good audience and it's great. It does feel like something I've been working towards and for. And also I love it. Like it's still, as long as you're pushing it's still new. It's yeah. still interesting. And also, like, I just got put on a new team. That's new. Mm-hmm. Those are new people that I get to learn how their brain works, how their comedic voices come out. It's like a, yeah, it's like a constant puzzle for your yeah. brain. That newness I find very interesting because, like, I learn a bunch of, like, random little things. It'll be like, oh, let me figure out how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Oh, it's just this. Yeah. And then there's a point where, like, the newness kind of stops. And yeah. It's just, I'm doing this faster. Yes. And I feel like improv has that. It never – you've never solved it. Yeah. And if you have – if you feel like you've solved it or nothing is new, you're probably not pushing yourself. That was Lily Do. Now here is Chris Scott. Why do you do improv? God, I love it. To analyze it deeper, um, one, I love theater. I hate, not hate, hate, the process of theater. Mm-hmm. The rehearsing and the slowness of it and the having to negotiate being a collaborative mm-hmm. environment if you're doing collaborative theater. Or the other thing, being subservient to one or two people and letting them dictate everything. There's something freeing about that, but also rehearsing for six weeks or more and then doing four shows of this thing. I just just too exhausting for me. I hate being on film sets just mm-hmm. for the slowness of it. And I get 
super agitated. Uh, so I like just like, we are going to go out there and just create this thing. Um, so I get all the joy of doing theater of or a lot of the joy of doing theater. I also think you hit on ideas when you're collaboratively creating something under pressure, especially with an audience that are ideas that you would never get in any other scenario. There are to be surprised in the moment along with the audience. I think that's like the moments I really love mm-hmm. when you as a whole group are surprising them. You are maybe half a second ahead of the audience as far as like, you know, like, Oh, this thing's going to happen. You are surprised that it's happening mm-hmm. or even surprised in the moment when something happens, your teammate does something and you are just, and you're like, well, play with it and do with it. Um, and I think it's an art. Cool. That was Chris Scott. Up next is Molly Thomas. She and I had been talking about why she started doing improv. Here's Molly. Every move I was making was, how can I help my career as a theater actor? Uh, I wanted to book commercials to make money to support myself as an actor, but my Mm -hmm. focus was on getting theater roles because that's where most of my experience was. And so now here I am and my life is at the UCB and basically everything I do stems from the UCB and maybe 80 year old Molly could look at 19 year old Molly and be like, you think you're just on this improv team and it's a fun thing, but dude, this is going to be your life's work. So just trust that. Right. But I guess that's the other thing I think of, especially when things shake out Mm -hmm. after auditions and people get placed on teams is I think you never know where you're going to end up or where you're supposed to be or what your artistic home is. And so maybe your focus is like, I'm going to get on a team and that's what I have to do. Like I moved to New York and was auditioning for shows at Playwrights Horizons or whatever, which Mm -hmm. is like a freaking joke at that point. Like it just was not happening. And um, it was a very painful process for me transitioning over to doing improv, but Mm -hmm. it happened organically and now I'm so happy that I'm here. Right. But I had six months where I wasn't auditioning for plays, and I was just doing shows in the Triple Crown Basement and practicing with Astronaut mm-hmm. Union two hours a week and working two crummy day jobs and not knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. And and just organically, I found my way to being at UCB more. So that's a, a roundabout way of saying, like, you may think this is the thing that you need yeah. and maybe it is, but maybe it's not. Right. So keep looking at everything. Just keep doing what feels right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you continue doing improv? Because it feels right. Yeah. <laughs> really? I think that that's, that's the biggest, that, that's the most truthful answer. It's yeah. really fun. And I like working with a team. That was the thing that I loved the most about doing theater in Michigan was that it was really ensemble based. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about ego. And I didn't find that auditioning for theater here, but I found it doing improv. Yeah. I really like teaching it. I like coaching it. So yeah, all I, How come? I guess all of it. I like it. Like what are your favorite parts about like teaching and coaching? I really like helping people discover it. Yeah. And I like watching people succeed and feel good about doing the work. Yeah. I think it's really validating work if you're 
playing with other people who aren't assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a, it's a really terrible feeling when you're on a team with somebody and they're throwing elbows or you mm. make a move and they don't see it or they negate it. That's one of the worst feelings I have yeah. when that happens. But when they validate you and truly yes and you, as cheesy as that sounds, they're, it feels amazing. Yeah. So to help a class to do that yeah. or a, a team to do that is is really rewarding. Yeah. Plus, I get to be the boss. I'm sure I love that. Too. It's good. <laughs> like, right. I'm sitting in the rolly chair and I have all the right answers and I want you to do this or I don't want you to do it. That was Molly Thomas. Now here is Morgan Phillips. Why do you continue to do improv? It's still fun. Uh, if it stopped being fun, I would stop doing it. Constantly meeting new funny people is great. I think if it was, if I was just doing improv with one with one group of people, I would still love it. But it would be missing that element of. I mean, it's. I get introduced to brand new funny people all the time just mm-hmm. by being part of this community, and brand new funny people have brand new takes on on what's funny, and so it sort of expands my idea of what's funny. Uh, it's also that sense of constant self-improvement. The uh, it's it's the same. It scratches the same itch as something like video games or a sport or any sort of thing where you you get better and better at something with no end in sight. Yeah, I can all even if I feel like great at a particular skill, I'll, I've never felt like I've mastered mastered a particular skill in improv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if, if, say, there's maybe five different categories I'm looking at, like you were saying, like if there's something will go up, something else will go down. You, you neglect one thing, uh, you're juggling these different these different abilities. So just that sort of uh, the satisfaction of being able to work on something, get better at it, mixed with just it's a, a never-ending uh, quest to be the perfect improviser. I definitely, my goal is to be an extremely well-rounded improviser, mm-hmm. uh, just for the sake of being good at improv. I think if, I, if my goal was to use improv as a stepping stone to some other kind of entertainment career, then maybe there would be specific things I was emphasizing, like maybe character work would be the right. main thing I was working on, or my own unique point of view, or that sort of thing. And, I, and those are definitely things that I'd like to work on, but when I'm tired of working on one of those, I can always work on something else. Yeah listening, clarity, object work. I feel like I got to a certain level of object work and I've become satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. But someday, someday I'm going to be great at object work. Someday. Physicality, just remembering to like move. There's, there's, there's just so many things. And it's all in service of doing something that's incredibly fun. I think some other skills are like very rewarding to learn. But they're not necessarily things that you categorize as like, oh, my God, it's so fun to do this. Like, I'd love to learn another language. Yeah. I think that'd be very useful, potentially, and and interesting. But it's not like, oh, my God, now I can go speak Mandarin. Yeah. It would be not on the same level that, like, go do do an improv show and and, uh, wow a crowd. Um, Unless the improv show is in Mandarin. In which case, two birds with one stone. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I'll rethink that. But yeah, how could it be better? Like it's just uh, constantly fun, constantly new types of fun with new with new people. That was Morgan Phillips, and now up next is James Dwyer. Why do I still do improv? I do it because I genuinely enjoy it. I do burn out on it mm-hmm. hard. 
What do you do when you burn out hard? How do you get back? I go to Ireland for 10 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to remove myself from it. I, I got so burnt out recently, and then I you know, was like, oh, I can afford to go on a trip. And I booked a trip out of nowhere, and it was great. I didn't think about improv every day for the first time in, like, two years. Yeah. Yeah, when I burn out, I have to get away and remove myself from it. It's just seeing it so much and noting it so much and thinking about it so much, you go insane. Yeah. And I've definitely had many times where I was insane about my obsession with improv. Uh, but I do it because I really genuinely enjoy it, and I genuinely enjoy the people I do it with. Yeah. What parts of it do you think you enjoy most? What speaks most to, like, this is why I love it? I did a series of shows recently in Burlington, Vermont, with the UCB Tour Co., and those shows were some of the most fun because we were having fun with each other, making each other laugh. Like we probably broke a little bit too much, but the audience was on board the whole time. And it was like that perfect marriage of we're doing what we think is funny. We're, we're just making choices that we like and we're honoring each other's choices. And the audience is there for all of it and they're on board. Yeah. I love that perfect marriage of like this is funny to all of us. Yeah. And the audience loves it. Yeah. That's like the sweet spot. You don't get that very often. Off either you you usually what you get especially on the weekends you get you'll get audience you'll have great audiences and then sometimes the audience is a little bit like mm, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. I'm not saying they're wrong. But yeah. That when you have those shows where like everything's kicking all cylinders, it's it's a hundred percent support of each other's ideas. We like each other, we're friends, and we're making each other laugh, and the audience laugh at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. That shit's awesome. Yeah, um, it feels like insane that that's real. When you have those shows where like we enjoyed the hell out of it, and these people paid money, and they loved it. That's like we shouldn't be allowed to do that and make money. <laughs> like that, we like kind of live in a society where we've been taught that that's not how the world works, right? And we're like, it's like we're going to get arrested for it any day, right? Like the thought police are going to come in and be like, Mm-mm, "This is not how it works." That was James Dwyer. Burnout happens, and it's an important thing to watch out for. Recently, I had to walk away from coaching for a while, partly because my life and work got busier, but. Also because I was investing so much emotionally in making other teams better that I was just feeling drained. I needed to work on my things for a bit and invest my emotional energy on myself and on writing. I've slowly started coaching again, and I'm glad I took the time away. I'm enjoying it as much as I ever have, and I'm also being more restrictive about how much I coach, not letting it suck up every waking second. In coaching and improv and everything – Find that balance in your life. Up next is Liz Noth. Why do you still do improv? This is a little abstract, but I still do improv because it made my life better. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me, it gave me more confidence. It made me more sure of who I am. It makes me more present in conversations. I really wasn't a great listener before I was started doing improv. I, I definitely wasn't, and I've just I get better and better at it the more that I do it, which makes life easier um, mm-hmm. to navigate. It makes me happier to be a good listener. 
I think I keep doing it because it, it really did uh, improve my life. And it continues to. That was Liz Noth. Now here is Alex Dixon. Why do you continue to do improv? Whoa. Uh, short answer is it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I think it's really fun. When I was in college and then a little bit after college, which is a little bit of the social anxiety thing I mentioned, I was very sick with depression. And improv was the only thing that I still liked doing. I've never not liked doing it. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine... I can't imagine what would ever happen to me where I'm like, oh, this isn't fun. So that's part of it. And I, But I think like the sort of hippy-dippy reason is when when a show, when a scene or whatever is really good, it's because someone is listening to me and understanding me and lifting up my idea and I'm doing the same for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's anything that feels better than somebody listening to you and understanding you. So it's fun that I have to remind myself sometimes of how lucky I am that I get to do that at least an hour every week because there's never going to be a stepfather's show where that doesn't happen at least a few times yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, yeah, I was very much heard. And that's interesting that you mentioned that like during depression because I feel that same, that same thing. And it, I, it will sometimes, if I'm not feeling it, if I bring that into scenes, mm-hmm. I will continue... I will continue being depressed. I will continue mm-hmm. like stay in that state. Yeah. But when it is just like, oh, I let it go and I do that, mm-hmm. I, I exist in the scene, mm-hmm. that being heard, it does really help. Yeah. It's so, yeah, I feel like it is like, I think Amy Poehler said this once and I was like, oh yeah, it is like sometimes the most present I will be all week because you really do have to be like making eye contact, really listening to what's said, being invested in the moment that you're in and not worrying about where is the show going or even at this point I don't think about what happened before callbacks happen organically right so it's like yeah and when I was really depressed it was like it was crazy to me because I I I couldn't even read like I couldn't I was so sick that it was just like what are these words but once I was on stage it was like I was there I was present it was fun as soon as it was over I went back to like a puddle right but it was like for those in college I guess it was like what 30 minutes or something for those 30 minutes it was like i'm locked in this is fun and it felt like this is like the the old me or i get to explore different aspects of me that when i'm not doing this i'm just sort of this like plateau unfortunately i haven't been like that since but um but i think the feeling is the same like i could be in a terrible mood before a show and then lock in and then it's like oh that was fun and i in a lot of ways now, sometimes it's like, oh, and I'm not in a bad mood anymore. But sometimes it will be like, oh, right, I'm mad about that thing, but I forgot about it for yeah. however long. It's like that same thing of like, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, when you're physically sick, but you have to do a show, you're like, oh, man, I have the worst headache. And then I do the show and I don't have a headache during mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. And then as soon as the show's over, it's like, oh, my headache's back. It's like your body is like, we're doing this right now. Yeah. Stop. I once did a show. It was it was Kevin Hines' first macro scene, and it was I was like so sick I could like barely walk, or it was like not not that sick, but I was like yeah. very sick. Weak. Yeah. But it was like such a great class, and I loved. I just wanted to do the show, so I like rallied. I did the show. I got one of the biggest responses. I the probably the biggest response I've ever gotten for a move, and then. After the show, I just laid down in the gross back hallway while Kevin gave <laughs> notes. It was, but during the show, it, it just everything clicked and everything came back. Yeah, it's and so then, weird. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I just think, yeah, that's how you know that it's like something that actually feeds you because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you click into it and it's like, yep, here I am. And then yeah. life comes back. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> that was Alex Dixon. Now here is Lydia Hensler. Why do you continue to do improv? Oh my gosh. It's, I, I don't think there's anything like it. There's like nothing like, like I like rest assured. I like, I would drop it like a hot potato if I was like a movie star <laughs> and not like, a, not like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do a weekly show. I would definitely yeah. still improvise. I think, cause I can't, I honestly can't imagine my life without it. It's been just even emotionally, personally, like it has been such a lifeline so many different times in mm-hmm. my life. It's so many different points. This community has been a lifeline, uh, very quite literally. And, um, and the stage, I, this is like, so first of all, I went to a psychiatrist for the first time, uh, yesterday. I started my day think, seeing if I needed a prescription for Zoloft and ended it with Rosie O'Donnell and the female gaze. And I'm just like, life is light and dark. Like everything's a balance. Um, um, but so I was like talking with these doctors and this woman was like, I just, guys, I have anxiety. Uh, hey, remember when I was talking about being nervous all the time? It's like also a disorder I've had since I was a child. Uh, I guess so. Uh, but anyway, so I was talking to these doctors and this woman was like, well, how do you deal with being on stage? Mm-hmm. Like if you're a performer, how do you deal with those shows? And the exa-? I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I need that stage. Like, I was like, I'm not nervous on stage. Yeah. Like that's been, I mean, talk about a, you know, 180 or whatever. I was like, I've been, I've been scooping up doing as many shows as possible because I've been like unsettled in my life and being on stage. I'm like, I can detach and I'm like fully present. I'm full of joy. Mm -hmm. There's just no other, it's the, I'm most comfortable. Yeah. And so I feel like it's the way skaters talk about like when they're like figure skaters, like they're more comfortable in their ice skates than tennis shoes. It's like when I'm on the stage, I'm so happy up there. I was like, that hour is like the one hour I, I don't have the anxiety yeah. I was dealing with, you know? So I was like, no, that's medicine, <laughs> you know? So, um, and I think, I think we kind of cut it like it's, it's do anybody who comes to this and falls in love with it the way that we do, like gets bit by the bug. Like it really is doing something for you mm-hmm. in a magical, like helpful, like I'm meant to do this way. Or I don't think you would put up with the pain of like yes. going through like the learning of it, the auditioning, uh-huh. like all that stuff is so hard. That's why I was saying like when you're advanced study, like find what's good for you. But I, I think even when you're learning, like don't question why you're doing it. I think yeah. because you are doing, if, it, if it's not fun anymore and you hate it, like go do something else. But I think like there's a reason you were drawn to it. What's yeah. that reason? And then barrel through. Yeah. yeah. That personal health reason I feel like has come up a lot mm-hmm. I mean we are a community of comedians yeah. comedians are famously pretty damaged in sad general class, it, yeah, yeah we're sad class right it, who and, said like uh, improvisers are stand-ups whose parents stay together <laughs> <laughs> somebody said that I can't remember uh, it was a funny I mean they can speak for themselves I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah that that I feel like has come up a bunch of this yeah. kind of like oh Therapy isn't necessarily enough for us. That isn't the main reason we're doing this, but it's like that alone wouldn't do that. That this also fills like some part of our lives and some part of our personalities that we need to express. I think there's something really special about, I mean, what we're, right? Yes, we're grownups playing pretend. So we get to be 
perpetual children for better or for worse. But you, I mean, we get, we don't have to surrender that in youth. We get to keep it alive, which is like really emotional and really beautiful and creative. But that means that we're very in touch with our feelings at any given time because I'm constantly having to emotionally respond to whatever stimulus is on stage. And you're trying to do things accurately, like real people. So you're like, we're students of the world in that way. So it makes sense that people who are like sensitive little flowers are doing this type of work. Mm -hmm. I also think being a a recovering alcoholic, I've been hearing this a lot lately. I actually, so I've been sober 10 and a half years and I've only been hearing this thing for like the last year is the opposite of addiction is connection. Knowing that, I was like, oh, it doesn't surprise me that I'm connecting with people every day on stage. Like you're connecting with an audience, sure, but like I'm connecting with another human and we're building something. Like that is so beautiful and um, fulfilling and nurturing that it would make sense that somebody who was like isolating and looking to a bottle for that connection, like would be like, no, I have, like this is amazing. This is medicine. Um, Yeah. That was Lydia Hensler. One very important reason to do improv is, as Lydia and Alex mentioned, that improv can make you feel better. Improv is very therapeutic, but improv is not therapy. If you're not doing well, improv won't fix that. Therapy and perhaps medication will fix that. Working on yourself will help that. Turning to your friends and family, the people you love, will help that. Those are all things that can help. Ultimately, improv isn't therapy. But it can be a piece of the puzzle. Now, here is Will Hines. Why Why do you continue to do improv? I mean, it still is funny to me. Mm-hmm. I still like watching it. I watch it in class. I'll watch my friends do it. It's still good. Yeah. I like it better than most things. It's exciting to do it. It makes me feel very listened to, and I listen to it a lot. I feel very invigorated after it. Also, I have the advantage of playing with like super good people. That's probably different than if I was playing with a bunch of assholes. Probably if anybody could get on a stage with Eugene Cordero and Chris Kula and Billy Merritt every week, they would. (laughs) (laughs) It's like super fun. It's, I mean, I just feel lit up after. I feel super happy and oxygenated. But I think it's still mentally interesting to me. I'm still, as a teacher, I'm still trying to unpack how to teach it right. For all my enthusiasm, I think it actually doesn't come naturally to me and I'm working at it slowly. Yeah. Being enthusiastic and invested makes you a good teacher to a certain degree. I've always had that. Classes I think have liked that I seem to really be invested. But the actual mechanics of teaching it well with good rules and mantras I think actually has come very slowly to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm – so I still have the satisfaction of making progress in that way. And continuing to, to... Yeah. Like, I think I'm better now than I was three years ago. Right. I also lucked out. I'm playing with the best people on a, in a good show for a full house at yeah. an amazing theater. And then I teach the, the higher levels of yeah. a great school. So I don't know if my experience... I think anybody would do what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm not doing the hard part. I'm not walking out with a bunch of fucking assholes for a hostile, empty audience. Right. I'm lucky enough, you know, it would be like, hey... Horace Grant, why do you still go out with the Chicago Bulls and play basketball? It's like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? This is great. <laughs> um, that Except minus the huge salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to like pay for my great-grandkids to go to college. Right, 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 right. <laughs> that was Will Hines. 
I love that he mentions that he still loves watching improv. The more you do anything, as your critical eye becomes sharper, it sometimes dulls our enjoyment of things. If you don't love watching improv anymore, you probably aren't making the best improv. So, find some improv you love watching. Finally, here is Sebastian Canelli. Why do you keep doing improv? It's literally, I get to feel in front of people. And... I get to be myself without judgment in front of people. And I get laughs. <laughs> All those things combined makes me come back. I, I feel happy doing it. That's, that's it. Yeah. I feel happy doing it. I enjoy getting laughs. I enjoy doing it. I feel free. I spent so many years of my life hiding my emotions, so it's so nice to just – I, like, took it to the opposite degree where I just show everyone everything what I'm feeling at all times, and that feels amazing. Uh-huh. And, like, that's I, – I also like being funny. I straight up fucking love being funny. I love doing a show and knowing I did a good job and walking out and people telling me I did a good job. In, like, a selfish way. And I think everybody feels that, but yeah. not everyone says that. I fucking love that. I get off on just being funny as shit. And I'm not, fuck that. Cocky, I don't care. I love it. Yeah. I need that. And it makes, because I know I'm not the best at this. I know I'm not the, like, or, but I'm good at it. And it feels good to be good at something. Especially something that is, like, positive mm-hmm. towards other people. Because at the end of the day, it just makes other people happy. So I'm good at something that makes other people happy. So when I like frame it like that, how could I not enjoy it? And it makes me happier than the audience. Let's be honest. That was Sebastian Canelli. A couple weeks ago, I was reading through some of Gary Shandling's notebooks. A lot of them are now online. And he talks at points about when he was offered a talk show. He turned it down because he didn't know what he had to learn by hosting a talk show. He didn't think it offered him a chance to grow, so he didn't see a reason to do it. A bit after that, he started making The Larry Sanders Show. I think improv is incredible. It it shakes me out of bad days. It boosts my ego. It has given me so many of my closest friends. But more important, I always feel like I'm learning by doing it. If that feeling stops... Then I'll probably stop. But until then, I'll ride out the slumps and the bad shows and I'll sweat and I'll work my ass off for the good shows. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, improv is pretty fucking fun. That was episode 20. Why do you do improv? Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And if you have any feedback for me, please send it to improv at curtisrutherford.com. Also, if you want to support me and help pay for the hosting costs of this podcast, you can do so via my Patreon, patreon.com slash actuallycurtis. Thanks so much to everyone who has already done so, and thanks to everyone who was part of this episode. Nicole Dressbell. Kevin Hines. Devin Ritchie. I am Achilles Stamatolaki. David Bloveband. Hi, I'm Lily Dew. I am Chris Scott. Molly Thomas. I'm Morgan Phillips. James Dwyer. Uh, Liz Noth. Alex Dixon. Hi, Lydia Hensler. My name's Will Hines. And I'm Curtis Rutherford. <laughs>